This is Madcap DC. My name is David Ross. I'm here with my friend and co-host. Daniel Bloom. And we have a special guest. Ladies and gentlemen, we're here with arguably the nosiest man in Washington, D.C. He even quit his job as a consultant for the Department of Homeland Security to become nosy professionally. And we here at Madcap DC are extremely grateful he did so. He's a man of impeccable pedigree, so regal that when he called himself the Prince of Petworth on his answering machine, it was a nickname that stuck. It's also the name of his extremely popular blog. We're here with the Prince of Petworth, a.k.a. Dan Silverman, to talk about the blog, Washington, D.C., and the beautiful life. Hi, Dan. How are you doing? I'm floating right now. You're floating? Good. <laughs> the words of David Ross will do yeah. that to a man. Can we put that on my answer machine? <laughs> without, without question. Yes, we can. Absolutely. First things first, why a prince? I'm not a king. Why a prince? You know, there's probably going to be a lot of answers where you think that there's a lot of thought that goes into these things. <laughs> I was probably half drunk at the time, and it just rolled off the tongue. You know... Prince of Petworth, King of Petworth. You know, it doesn't roll. It's not as smooth. Mm-hmm. Alliteration. Alliteration. There we go. Alliteration. So who's the king? Who's the king of Petworth? See, for the longest time, my dad thought he was. <laughs> really? He really? was in New York. <laughs> <laughs> really? Really? Okay. I mean, the king. I mean, do, uh, do you feel entitled with that name? I feel entitled because of the way I was raised, not because of the <laughs> name. <laughs> Where are you from? I'm from Long Island, when I was a very little kid, Brooklyn, but most of the formative years, Long Island, New York. But then I went to school in Ohio, so I didn't really have a strong sort of geographic identity when I came here. Whereabouts in Ohio? Near Cincinnati, Oxford Town, mm. Miami University. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Ben right. Roethlisberger. Absolutely. Is it yes. the Red Hawks? Not when I went to school. No? When I went to school, we were the Redskins. I see. How we convenient. Were the Redskins. Yeah. And there was a vote. For the whole student body. And it was like, you want to keep it or change the name? About 98% vote came back said, we want to keep it. Next year, I said, we're changing it. <laughs> That's impressive. Interesting. You notice he's coming from the land of the Redskins to more Redskins. Exactly. And they had the wherewithal uh, to change their racist name. I think about it now. And, and yet, they, should, I, what, what goes on there? Should we give, I mean. I, I think we got to change yeah, the so name. So do I. So I do really I. do. So I, do I. I never felt too strongly until... I think it was uh, like Jim Vance on Channel Four, and he gave a little, a little speech. Mm-hmm. And I took a step back and I was like, "Yeah, you know what? It really is terrible." Yeah, it makes no sense. Vance, it- Vance would do that. Vance is just that cool. Oh, he is the coolest. He is by far the coolest man on Washington television. He has a nice, what's funny is he has a nice, like he rocks this nice uh, uh, leather Redskins jacket everywhere during the winter. It's like a crisp Are you serious? It's beautiful. It's beautiful. So he's a Redskins fan, but he wants to see the team name changed. I mean, yeah. Good. I'm a Redskins fan. Yeah. I converted in 2010. Why? What? what it of... took that long. You wait, got wait, here wait, in 03. What moment? What, what, <laughs> what in 97. What? I got to D.C. in 97. I was incorrect. Moved to Petworth in 03. Oh. Ah. Tell us the close. story of your arrival. Very yeah, enough about, enough about the Redskins. <laughs> tell us we'll about come how, back. Tell us, tell us we'll about how back. the Prince of Petworth came to D.C. I was actually uh, living in Israel when I graduated from undergrad. L'chaim. Tada. Um, <laughs> this just got real for you, David. <laughs> <laughs> My name's David Michael Manishma, Ross. baby. <laughs> well, you're from New York. It doesn't matter what color you are. But actually, you know what? Oh, he's what? not from New York. This no. kid's from D.C. No, no, but I'm saying. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Colin Powell used to work in a, uh, in a Yiddish, uh, in, in a, um, 
what do you call it, hardware store up in the Bronx where they spoke Yiddish. Yeah. So when Colin Powell talks in certain groups, he'll speak, he'll bust the Yiddish out. Hey, I applied to Birthright. <laughs> I did. I did. I did. That's it. Because my friend, because my friends are like, the kid. I grew up in a very staunchly uh, Orthodox Jewish neighborhood, and my friends are like, David, your full name is David Michael Ross. They're not yeah. gonna know. Just say you're Jewish. <laughs> and on the essay portion, I chickened out, and I was like, you know what? All my friends are going. I'm just a black man trying to That's go to Israel. Funny. I got the nod in two hours. But continue wow. about your arrival. I like that. <laughs> so, so I was just there doing community service and whatnot, not court ordered. Um, <laughs> That's a whole nother story. Yeah. Uh, and so I was applying to grad schools. I studied political science undergrad, so I wanted to do international affairs. And found out I got into uh, American when I was over there. Tell and I tell. was like, all right, I'm going. I just thought I said, what the hell? And then was here in August 97. What part of town did you first move into? Woodley Park. Woodley Park. Good choice. I was a Woodley Park, Cleveland Park <laughs> kid. Back and forth until until I moved in 2003. I live on Porter. I love Porter. Uh, uh, I got you know my beef. What's your beef? I don't know. Come I'm on, tell me. I mean, like, Be honest. I freak people out over there, man. No. <laughs> <laughs> I freak people out over there. No. Cleveland, Park's too, Cleveland Park's too uppity for me. It is, at least our building. It's too uppity. Really? It's too uppity. <laughs> I, like, I like the food options. Food options are excellent. Excellent. <laughs> you got much better options elsewhere. Huh? You do, you do, but we live also. We, we live at the bottom of the hill. We live like yeah. right next to the Quebec House, mm-hmm. and that hill. That's a hall. Yeah, yeah. But where where were yeah. you in Woodley? I don't want to talk about my Cleveland Park experience. Okay, Woodley, <laughs> I, I was in Garfield Place. Okay. In a basement apartment. Never ever live in a basement apartment. Why is everyone's yeah. first apartment in D.C. a basement apartment? Because it's cheap. I Everyone. Mean, if you don't have a lot of money, that's it. That's it. Do you remember what that rent was? It was a two bedroom. It was really cheap. I think it was like nine hundred dollars when we first moved in for two bedrooms. Wow. Damn! Wow. Nine eighty, nine forty, somewhere in that. And then after a couple of years, the highest it was, I think it was like eleven hundred, something like that. But I also lived in a uh, studio um, in Cleveland Park <laughs> that had no kitchen. It had a refrigerator right next to the bed. That was it. It was five hundred and thirty dollars a month. How did they market that? Like, what was they market as a bachelor efficiency? Ah, that's perfect. Because okay. uh, bachelors don't cook. <laughs> yeah. what, what do we need? What do we need a uh, stove and a range for? No, that was that was awesome. I knew I wanted to be on the red line because I was going to school at Tellingtown. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't know anything about DC, so just sort of looking at the red line, just checking it, it out. Yeah. God, I love I love the fact that you live in Petworth now. So why why'd you leave Woodley? Well, yeah, I mean, that was certainly an interesting uh, transition for me because that's all I knew. Uh-huh. Woodley Park, Cleveland Park, and Adams Morgan. That's it. So I never even heard of Petworth. I had some friends who were moving to U Street and Columbia Heights. And so I was looking at real ratty condos in Columbia Heights, not like the brand new, fixed up, nice buildings, some of the beat up ones. Like bars on all the windows, first floor. I remember there was one patio that was uh, fully gated in. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and then the realtor goes, who I really disliked, but if it wasn't for him, I never would have ended up in Petworth. He goes, uh, you know, there's, a, there's whole houses one metro stop away for the same price 
that you're looking at these one bedroom uh, condos in, in Columbia Heights. I said, all right. I went up there and I was like, how, can you curse on this? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was like, holy <laughs> shit. I mean, it was night and day, whole, you know, big backyard and porches and just like trees, total trees for real. I mean, really, really pleasant. And, uh, so actually I got lucky because it was in 2002 when I was first looking and that's when, um, the, uh, Iraq started up and there was a bid on the house that I got. Um, it was a photographer that ended up getting sent to Iraq. Whoa. And the deal fell through. Thank you, George Bush. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how I, that's how I got the house. That's the only reason why I got the house. Nice. What condition was that house in? <sighs> just got it, there. it was beat. It was beat. It was beat. It wasn't like shell beat, but I had to replace the roof right away. It still has a 1980s kitchen. It had nice. it had a nice character though, because it had the good wood floors, wood wood character. But yeah, it was b- nasty bathrooms. So since you moved to Petworth, you have not relocated. You're in the same mm-hmm. place. Yes. Ah, how does that feel? I'll be ten years. Ten years. Ten years. Nice. 2013. What, Congratulations. What anniversary is that? The the wood anniversary. Or the... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We'll come up with something cooler than that. Teflon anniversary. <laughs> I don't know what it is. We'll think of something. All right, good. <laughs> so let's uh, let's dive into the Prince of Petworth blog. What, so why did you start this blog? Were your black neighbors being rowdy? <laughs> no. <laughs> Do you know what? All the shit that we talk about, I didn't. I never experienced any of any of this. Um, there were some things that some topics that got nasty that I never experienced before. And you know, it's such a complicated blog to run, actually, because every unfortunately every topic that you talk about, almost every topic that you talk about that's slightly controversial gets thrown into a race discussion and it, and it ruins the discussion because for example for example please i remember one time i i was walking down the street uh walking down the sidewalk and somebody somebody looks at me as we're passing turns their head spits on the ground so it wasn't like they wanted to spit on the ground like they just needed to spit but it was like a fuck you it's like fuck you but as a preface, let me say, I was received so warmly when I moved in. All my neighbors, I was introduced to all my neighbors. Never, never had a beef with anybody on my block. Who did that introduction? The homeowners. Okay. Who, right. who I bought the home from. They invited everybody for, over for dinner. I mean, it was so nice. And yeah, I mean, I, at that time, uh, you know, I was drinking beers a lot so i was always sitting on my stoop and people were always very friendly that way and i like to think i was kind of friendly so there was a rapport with my neighbors right away but in the greater neighborhood um there are a few things one like somebody looking at you and spitting on the ground somebody looking at you spitting on the ground or throwing garbage throwing garbage on the ground sometimes Mm -hmm. i used to have people stop the car Look at me out the window and drop garbage on the ground right in front of me, and now, now that's 
fucking crazy, right? I mean, that's shit that you want to talk about. Like, it is. Like, it is. Like, I, I never experienced that before in my life. Like, that's something I want to talk about. Like, let's unpack that for a second. <laughs> All right. So well, that's like, where it gets dangerous when you unpack it. <laughs> well, that's what we're here to do. That's what Madcap DC is all about. All right. All so right. if a man who, let's say, has a different skin color than you, African-American in this particular we case. Didn't, we, didn't have, we didn't have to blow it up like this. Why not? I'm saying. Don't date. Hey, don't pussy out now, David Ross. <laughs> we're way too deep into this thing for you to, to step away now. Oh, man. I'm going to click my heels. So if, if, if it's, <laughs> I mean... If, if, if let's say, presumably, this is this man's own same neighborhood that he's now mm -hmm. sharing with you. So the, the, the gesture is as if to say, either this garbage signifies the way that I feel about you personally, mm -hmm. or maybe like we perceive that your deal is trying to come into our neighborhood and quote, clean it up. Right. So take this. I, I think you're exactly right. Now, the one thing you got to remember is that there's not always one answer. No, there's people, never one answer. People are throwing trash not. for a million different reasons, yeah. and a lot of it is um, like if you don't have, if you don't see somebody staring you in the eyes and they just throw the paper on the ground, that's like you know maybe you just weren't brought up that way, or you know like you, you see your brother throwing garbage, so you throw garbage, or you saw your parents throwing garbage, so you throw, or your neighbor throws garbage, or whatever. There's not nothing deeper to that. It's right. just like whatever. It's it, it needs to be like a like a public education campaign. Right. Uh, you know, don't pollute. You see that stuff all the time. When somebody looks you in the eye, mm. that's when it's my, my impression was exactly what you were saying. It's like, you're coming in my name. And when I first moved to Bedworth, I was one of very few white people. Um, I mean, when I went to the Met, I felt like, <laughs> Honestly, it was the exact flip of Cleveland Park. When I went to the Metro... Full circle, baby. In Cleveland Park, uh -huh. if there was one black person at the Metro, you saw them right away. Yeah, There was yeah. not many other black people. When I would go to the Metro in the morning in Petworth... I don't even do that. I, <laughs> oh, <laughs> What, I missed him. What did he do? No, he just said he, he, he doesn't even go to the Metro in Petworth. <laughs> oh, Back in the day. And you're you all yeah, no, I mean, yeah. but I had no... I had no choice, and, and I also grew up in a very diverse area. I'm not scared of diversity. Like, right. it was never a thing. I know a fucking thug. If I see a thug, <laughs> I'm scared. I love it. But I'm not scared of, you know, just people who don't look like me. Right. Uh, two very different things. Well, that's what? why we're having this conversation. I mean, yeah. you run this blog, and it's great. That you're a powerful, important voice. You become so here in Washington. And you didn't intend to write a blog about racial politics. <laughs> you just wanted to write a blog. But it's it, but it happens to be here in Washington, D.C., right. so this is the cross no, no, no. you have to bear. You're right. It takes us back to why did I start the blog in the first place? I started it because of, like, development. And, you know, I, you kept hearing, this is coming, that's going to happen, this is going to happen, you know. And I'm like, what? Where? Like, couldn't find anything about it. And I'm, like, a pretty uh, obsessive person. Like, if I've... If I want to know about it, I really want to know about it. I don't want to read about it once a month or once a week. So I said, yeah, what the hell? I'll start it myself. And at that time, Fenty was just elected mayor. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I was very enthusiastic when he was first elected. Um, I think he could have done a better job towards the end, but we can get to that. No, no, keep going yeah. on politics. I have to go get our other guest. Right. David Ross, continue this interview. I'll All be right, right back. Right. What do you think about Gray? Does, doesn't, you know, he have, doesn't he have an evil bone structure, don't you think? <laughs> he looks like a vampire guy. It's funny. I put, I put a picture up of him today because he released some uh, some plan yesterday that, you know, 
sketching out what he wants to do for the next Union few station? years. Right. No, 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 no. It's like lowering oh, unemployment okay. and, mm-hmm. and schools and whatnot. And I took this picture and yeah, you know, he he looks he looks tough. He, he looks does very tough. He does. What do you think about all the indictments with that group? Council member. Uh, it's, it's it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing to our city. I mean, we look like idiots. Not to mention that it hurts our city. Um, but when when I with the first one, you're like, ah, oh, you know, there's corruption everywhere. This sucks. I'm glad they caught it. But when it's two, and then you know, we're not sure if the whole investigation is done and how mm-hmm. many more people are going to come up. It's it's depressing. When I would ask people about this when when it was Fenty versus Gray. Mm-hmm. Most people in the know said to me, they said, it's probably going to be a stagnant period. It's not going to get worse, but it's not going to get better. And I find that's pretty much what's happened. You don't think it's gotten worse? I don't, I don't think it's gotten worse. I think it's... I mean, in terms of... You, you got to talk about what has gotten worse. Like, when you say it has gotten worse, there's things that I look at are crime, education, development, quality of life, stuff like that. I look at the development, still moving forward. I look at the crime. Crime's always been bumping up and down. I look at the schools. The schools, public schools, have always been, not always, I mean, since I've been paying attention, have been pretty bad, and they're still pretty bad. But, uh, you know, I, I don't see this catastrophe... Aside from the corruption, which is obviously horrible, but I don't see this regression. Like when I first moved to D.C., I distinctly remember reading an article. Mary Barry was still the mayor, mm-hmm. and it was comparing. Uh, I, I really wish I could find this article. Get a good researcher to find we'll, this. We'll find it. It was comparing Washington to a third world country, <laughs> and it was comparing like HIV rates and dysentery rates and so, some other diseases. And unemployment and, all, you know, all of these uh, statistics. And I was like, holy shit, I had no idea. Because um, I didn't really know much at all about D.C. when I first uh, moved here. Um, so so when, I, when you say, has it gotten worse? Like, when I think worse, I think about when I first got to D.C. <laughs> yeah, so it's all relative. And it's certainly, we're certainly still better. You got to live through uh, some Mayor Anthony Williams. Of? Yeah, of yeah, yeah. I th- I like I, I like yeah. I like Anthony Williams. I think we can thank our growth to him. We should be and actually he gets a lot of credit. I used to go to the openings and, and whatnot, uh, groundbreaking and this, that mm-hmm. and the other. This is well after Anthony Williams. Yeah. People would give respect. Say we'd like to thank Anthony Williams for that and stuff. I know, I know, I notice it. I notice he, it. He gets it. He, he deservedly, deservedly. He was a visionary in terms of in terms of definitely uh urban growth. I like I, I liked what he was thinking. Yeah. I like I, I liked I liked the way he was thinking. So you said you recognize a thug when you see one. What do thugs think of your blog? <laughs> because technically, I mean, thugs to thugs, you're like a snitch with a laptop. Mm-hmm. That is an amazing question, Dave Ross. <laughs> that is an amazing question. I, I mean, you're all over crime. You know, I don't <laughs> a snitch with a laptop. I don't talk to I don't talk to thugs about the blog. <laughs> Did they email you? Uh, Thuglife you know, at gmail.com? <laughs> no, but I used to get threatened a lot. Used to? Yeah, now you can kind of tell. Like, It's just bullshit. You know, it's just probably someone who looks like me threatening me. Right. Like, I'm not scared of me. Wait, so how, <laughs> um, how do these threats come? Like, how do they... Email. Email? Yeah. Give us, give, give us like, a example. 
they say like they say like you know you're it was more like cursing like you're a fucking idiot they you know i'm gonna come to your happy hour i'm looking forward to meeting you and they, do they threaten castration castration <laughs> yeah where's your head at it's a big it's a big lebowski line <laughs> oh, I, I appreciated it let's bring in and i actually saw that in the theater I'm did you really man you were ahead of the curve so Big Lebowski in the theater, and I started the North Face trend. <laughs> you, mean, my, you, mean, my claims you mean robbing people for their North Face jackets? No, that trend? Be bad, be bad. <laughs> that was a trend I remember about North Faces. John Asante, welcome to Madcap DC. <laughs> Appreciate it, thanks. John Asante is a media professional. He works for Talk of the Nation on National Public Radio. I'm sorry, it's not called National Public Radio anymore. Just, just NPR. Just, just NPR. We rebranded ourselves. Because as, you're as pretty much the same thing. So, so much more than radio. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> including a website mm. and radio on the website. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Far be it from us to call it National Public Radio. Don't forget podcasts. Podcast. Podcasting, so of course. Yeah, yeah. John is also a resident of Washington, D.C. Yes, and uh, wanted to bring him into this conversation. Quick question for you, John. Yeah. The, sto- the quick quick and dirty story about who you are and how you came to D.C. God, that's, wow, that's tricky. Okay. Quick and dirty, baby. For a job, like anybody else, right? <laughs> yes. Pretty much. Or school. Or school. Or school. But I think, number one, usually it's a job. I actually interned here uh, at XM, Sirius XM, where we are, back when it was just XM. Uh, what was that, four summers ago now? And it, it was in conjunction with school. I was doing a program at GW, a journalism program, and I was happy enough to uh, be the intern on the Bob Edwards show. So that's how I know Dan. Mm. Uh, I, I I graced my presence well enough here. <laughs> you did. Did did what I need to do. Um, did a lot of production. Um, and then the next summer, I ended up at X at uh, excuse me at NPR as uh, an intern, and I somehow walked my way into a job there about six months later. And I've been here so pretty much on and off for about three three and a half years now. What neighborhoods have you lived in? I've lived in Cleveland Park. Mm. What's I know that? you know that well. Yeah, I do. Yeah. And <laughs> so I can relate on that level. And uh, I've lived in, uh, and then the other one is Columbia Heights. I've lived in Columbia Heights for uh, about two years now. Yeah, actually, this month is two years since I first moved to Columbia Heights. Great parties, man. Yeah. I just, every time I hear about Columbia Heights, it's like house party this, house party that. <laughs> and most of them are yours. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, yeah. We, we don't have too many um, in the houses I've been in, but they've always been big blowouts. Mm-hmm. I mean, we go hard. Yeah. I mean, and it's a great place to meet girls. Harder, harder exactly. than Petworth. <laughs> you go harder than Petworth. I don't. Honestly, I haven't been to that many parties in Petworth, so I can't say. I can't say what the party scene's like. But you, you, you gotta wanna, invite us to a party. Do you want to know the house party progression? Yes. Yes. Of course. Yes. The house party progression started in Mount Pleasant. Oh yeah. Had, mm-hmm. And actually, there are still good house parties. Absolutely. In Mount mm-hmm. But then the housing prices got too expensive. Rental prices got too expensive in Mount Pleasant. So you had this great stock of houses in Columbia Heights. And so you start getting group houses in Columbia Heights. Great house parties in Columbia Heights. Now the prices of the houses in Columbia Heights are starting to get too expensive. So you see these house parties now, it's delayed. Now they're coming to Petworth. We didn't have big house parties uh, before. Well, we got block parties and we got yeah, old school true. parties, <laughs> yeah. which is very different than uh, just a house party. Yeah. I, I ran by one the other day, and I actually was this close to stopping my long run. And yes. Just yeah. Walking up. Call me. I always want to do that. I always <laughs> want to just roll into a random house party and just see how it goes. I think it was the makings before of like the, the setting up of the block parties. So it was, and it was like 10 a.m. So how many, oh, how many yeah. blocks? Um, I think it was only starting on one at the time. It wasn't okay. that long yet. They're mostly one block, yeah. one block sections. It's a, it's a good, it's a good amount of space. I think. What kind um, of t- what kind of tunes are being spun? 
with these R and B. All right. Mm-hmm. The the ones near me are always R and B. A lot of Jodeci. No, no, no. <laughs> Old school. In the fifties. The fifties and sixties. It's great music. Okay. Harold okay. Melvin and the Blue Notes. Okay. Okay. Hey. <laughs> the Manhattans. So you guys talked a little bit about politics while I was getting John. We did. We did. We did. We talked. We 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 uh, we poured one out for Anthony Williams. Williams gets some love. <laughs> Fenty yeah. gets some love. Not a lot of love for Gray, I imagine. Mm, no. Not a lot. Of, not a lot of love for Gray, nor uh, for Marion Barry. Right. But I did say that things haven't gotten too bad under Gray. Oh. Like there was a concern, right? Are things going to get bad? And no, I mean, my opinion, hardly any stories bad. of corruption, <laughs> hardly any investigations going on. But, but it's it's identifying what's good and bad. I say, yes, crime, development, mm. schools, quality of life, the issues that we in the neighborhoods deal with. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, we're not happy about corruption, but you're looking at your life, right? And is it is it worse? You know, there's no what they say in the presidential. Election. Absolutely. Are you better off four years from now or whatever? Mm-hmm. What's what's up with the schools? I mean, where do where do these people send their kids that live in DC? Where do the you know, schools? That baffles me. So there's a there's a lot of baby. I don't know where they're going. You know what's yeah. the big trend in schools? <laughs> charter schools. Yeah, charter yes. schools. That's oh, changed yeah. things massively because back in the day, and back in the day included Mount Pleasant, which now is all million dollar homes. You had these young people coming in and they stay and they throw the house parties and have a good time and then they have kids say moving to Montgomery County boom I'm moving to Fairfax I'm moving to wherever to send the kids to public school right Howard County now you're seeing a change is that where you grew up no no we're Montgomery County yeah, guys are you right? yep. yeah. <laughs> now you're seeing these charter schools they're actually pretty good and you're starting to see a competition to get into them so it's not a guarantee, um, but as opposed to where you'd see people pushing baby carriages around, but you'd never see kids mm-hmm. like four or five, that's, six, that's seven yeah. years old. You'd see the babies, and then maybe you'd see uh, older kids. Right. right. Big shout out to Kip DC and Cesar Chavez. Sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, they do some good work over there. But the question, I mean, I, we shouldn't talk about education for too long, because when you get <laughs> involved in an education debate, it can just go on for hours and hours. But does the charter school movement in any way undermine the efforts to improve the public school system? You know what I think? Wow. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass on that. You've been here clearly longer than I have. I, have, I still have a lot of questions. So is that a, well, that's an argument that some people make. And I had heard, um, again, in Mount Pleasant, where people said they would talk to their neighbors who were having kids and say, you know what? The only way things are going to change is if we all get together and we all send our kids to school and all harp on the teacher and the administration. And so the argument that some people make is that, well, now you're sending these kids to charter schools, so the public schools are never going to get better. Not so much that the resources are pulled away, because uh, there are some statistics that are out there where you could see how much money is spent per pupil in the D.C. public schools, and it's a fairly high number. It's more the argument that you're not invested in your local school. Mm -hmm. And so it's not going to change on its own. So if the parents, if the community don't work towards fixing the school, then it's never going to get better. There's just a disconnect in my mind because, I mean, it's so much fun to look at the real estate listings and the posts (laughs) that you do on Prince of Petworth. And a lot of these places are, you know, most all of them are hundreds of thousands of dollars. A lot of them upwards of half a million dollars. Sure. So who's going to buy a half a million dollar home in which to raise a family? And then on top of that, they're going to have to shell out money for a private school or hope to get in a lottery for a charter school. 
It's the one part of the equation in here in D.C. where it just doesn't quite match up. It's the it's the unknown. It's what we're going to see. See, D.C., we've been very lucky in the influx of of uh, population, yeah. of numbers. So we haven't really had to wrestle with, uh, you know, what's going to happen to this real estate because we've had enough whether or not they just don't have kids and it doesn't matter or if they're very wealthy and they, it's not a problem for them. They can send it to They want to uh, Sidwell and Murray. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Um, Let's just call them out. You know, we're here on Madcap. Let's do it. <laughs> not, that, not that it's a bad thing. I mean, of course not. You know, if you have the resources, yeah. then by no, all means. No, they're great educational yeah, institutions. I went to private school for half my life. I know you did. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not decrying it. I'm just saying that's the reality. Now, now I have a question. This might be really basic, and I'm trying to figure out. This is, all seems like a weird, crazy equation. But, like, have you figured out what sort of families are vying for the charter schools and what sort of families are actually going for the public schools? Or is that really just really basic and something that I have just failed to notice? A, a lot of it is, it, number one, it's very hard to get into the out-of-bounds public schools. And so you know that you have a very, very low probability of of getting into that. Now, there's a there's a a competitiveness to the charter schools as well. Mm-hmm. Some charter schools are better than other charter schools, and what you're seeing is that you know it's it's uh, sociology. You know, people are talking to their friends and oh, well, you're sending your kid there, and then when you have a when you have another kid, it's easier mm-hmm. to get them in. Oh, so right. so it's just sort of it's just sort of shaking out. You know, where can you get your kid into? Where are your friends sending their kids? You know, some of the tests are starting to come out where you say, oh, you know, KIPP has a good rep- reputation or other charter schools have a good reputation and you, and you try and get them in. But what I'm hearing is that some of the charter schools now are getting impossible to uh, to get the kids into. So it's just, you know, your your question is a very good one. I really think in, in five to 10 years, if, if the public schools don't get better, or if, you know, more charter schools don't come out, then you are going to see a sort of migration of young families. Now, I don't think that's necessarily going to hurt the city, hurt the city. I mean, you have a much longer conversation, but just in in regards to real estate, because the jobs are so good here that you're still going to have an influx of young people and of people who don't have kids that are going to be vying for those homes and you know, paying the, the values that they that they cost now. We're speaking to Dan Silverman. He is the Prince of Petworth. <laughs> he runs and writes the Prince of Petworth blog. It's uh, one of the most popular information sources here in the nation's capital. We're here on Madcap DC. I am Dan Bloom alongside the great David Ross. And we're also joined by John Kofi Badu Asante Jr. of NPR. John, a word about your background. That's a wonderful name. Yeah. Uh, where does it hail from? Thank you for, for saying my whole name, first of all. I don't mean to correct you, but it's Beidou. Beidou. <laughs> I'm gonna, Excuse me. And, I was going to say something. Yeah. You knew that? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But, but I get so much pride out of you saying my full name blame, that I hate correcting blame you. Blame Erica Badu, which, <laughs> which I've done for the past decade what of my life. What can I life. do? Yes. It, until, until her most recent album came out, and then I said, I'll give you a slight pass <laughs> until you come out with another album. Okay. Um. So. So, yeah, so my name, uh, my family's from Ghana, and both sides of my family. Um, There's really rich oral storytelling tradition there, and that's part of why I'm in journalism, why I'm in, why I like storytelling. I like that. And um, so just a little bit about my family. My mom came over here in the early 80s, my dad in the late 70s. 
Um, they they met kind of like cross country, cross cross continents almost. Yeah, yeah. The story always seems kind of fuzzy. Like they dated long distance, although it was like the late seventies, early eighties when they were talking. So, uh, you know, you were paying like no, there was even collect mm-hmm. calls back then. It was just long distance. You forget know, Skype. <laughs> forget it. Uh, they would have loved to have. I Skype. know, right? Yeah, but um, but yeah, they they made it work, and um, they uh, made a family for themselves in New York. And um, they just kind of started living their American dream. Like my father owned a laundromat and he was an accountant. And um, I have a younger brother and sister, an older sister. So there's four of us in the family. So Where? Um, well, we were based in New York, New Jersey, New York. My, my dad owned a, um, an apartment in Manhattan. Then we moved over to New Jersey. And then um, I moved down to Georgia about uh, 2003. So, so it's weird now because I lived in like northern New Jersey, which is pretty much nobody looks like me there. I mean, we were like the, one of the only black families up there. Were you we, like Morristown? Say what? Were you like Morristown? No, further up. Like, okay, okay. here's the point. Like, I obviously can't see it. Anybody listening? <laughs> but if you know what New Jersey looks like, aside from the magic of the, radio, call, <laughs> I always catch myself. Good. Aside from knowing that there's the, the New Jersey is everybody calls the armpit of America. There's a tip. There's a there's a tip to New Jersey. And that's right below New York State. And I was literally the county right bordering New York State up there, one of the counties. So it's, the name was, the town was called Ramsey. Okay. It's basically a suburb of New York City. Sure. So um, so we were up there for, for a while and then moved down to Georgia. So it's weird. I call, I call Atlanta my hometown now because I went to college there. It was my formative years. Um, and so, yeah, so it's just been a journey just up and down the East coast. And I finally got to go to Ghana last summer. I was going to so, ask you about that yes. because you did a fantastic piece on NPR written and spoken and edited together beautifully. I highly recommend this. We'll link to it on the Madcap site. Talk, talk about that project, yeah. what it meant to you. So, yeah, so not to give too much of it away and I'll, this kind of cycles back to my story. Cause I kind of just left like a huge gap of why we moved. But, um, when I was about three and a half, my father passed away. Um, he owned a laundromat in, in the Bronx, a really rough part of the Bronx. I I forget exactly where, but, um, it was good business, but there were a lot of drug dealers. And so he, um, he was warned that there were a few robberies around and that he should, he should watch out. But he just said that everything was just going so well. Um, and even what was weird is older brother, like my, one of my favorite uncles kind of foreshadowed like what was coming. And he said, maybe you should leave. I just keep hearing about all these, uh, like just really shady activity around there. And my dad was really adamant about staying and building community. And he was, but one night this was about, um, I still want you to listen to of course the piece, but January, 1991, um, he was shot point blank by a drug dealer. And so oh, that pretty much wow. changed my whole family because um, my older sister, my older half sister, ended up moving back with her mom, her biological mother, um, in uh, the Bronx in an apartment. She had she didn't really know her family at that point. And um, so me and my mom, my brother, and my sister moved to New Jersey, a different part of New Jersey. And it was pretty rough for, mm-hmm. for like those 12 years lived there. I mean, it was like four of us in a two bedroom apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, we just made do with whatever we could. I mean, my mom went to school, college, part-time for eight years to get her degree. Um, so going back, so going to Ghana for the first time after finally saving up money, I've been meaning to go for a long time, but there's, it just costs a lot. Just, to, you know, any international travel, especially yeah. if you're going to Africa. Um, so saved up the money, and, and I uh, went last fall. And it was just an amazing experience meeting all these family members I, I just had <laughs> either written to or emailed to, like because I was fortunate enough now. Um and just um, experiencing the culture in a different way because I know that I know a little bit of the languages that my family speaks. I know the food really well, but there were just other things that kind of like I, that I don't want to like spoil. But there are other things that I really hit me like, oh man, I really am American. <laughs> but but I I'm glad that 
you're like you know they say like you don't really realize you know you're, you're american until you you go somewhere else right kind of thing i don't know who says it but i'm sure everybody <laughs> says it once they go to even like france like whoa dude they don't eat french fries over there do they i don't so, know like no, you I'm call kidding. you call yourself a Ghanaian american i do i do so, so you'd, you'd be here like rocking your ghana jersey be like yeah i'm Ghanaian american yeah over there and i'm like i'm an american dude <laughs> there's <laughs> nothing I, I can do about it and i tried to blend in it was when i opened my mouth and they heard my uh, my american accent they're just like oh we're gonna we're gonna play this fool for all these <laughs> <laughs> and um so i mean the trip was fun i got a little frustrated at some points because i just i since i didn't know the languages that well i was when i got to someone who didn't know english that well you know it's a little bit of language barrier but uh, we looked the same so they helped me out yeah um but the most uh, I guess the the most important part was going to my father's home village, which um, my most of my family is based in Accra, the capital, which is on the coast. Um, my dad's village was five hours north of um, f- of the uh, main city, and this is like five hours car ride there, which would probably be like a two and a half hour dr- car ride here on real roads. <laughs> on real roads, <laughs> uh-huh. which is yeah, which which was unfortunate because there were just things I noticed that I wish I could do something about. But of course, that's just a matter of time, and I'm still thankful that Ghana isn't in, in amid any um, any um, political conflicts, any um, wars, anything. I mean, yeah, there's poverty. Yeah, the education system could be better. But I mean, as in terms of an African nation, a sub-Saharan African nation, doing awesome. Hmm. And it is unfortunate that the current president did pass a few days ago, and I did get to see the the new the the former vice president current um, president speak um, here in D.C. Um, for a um, I think he was promoting his book. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so to hear what's going on and and to hear how they're how they're progressing, moving forward, especially with the elections this year, I think things are promising. Um, so when I went to my dad's village, I'm kind of getting off track, but when I went to my dad's village, I got to like basically it was like meeting him for the first time in like 20 years because it had mm-hmm. been 20 years since he just about. That's the reason why I went last year. Mm-hmm. So I got to see his grave, which was which really took me right. back. Because nobody really told me exactly where it was in the village. And it's just as if, imagine if you're walking, you go back to your neighborhood, and you pass by um, a cemetery, and then all of a sudden someone points and is like, oh, hey, dude, your dad's right there. Wow. And you you don't know. And it, what's wow. even crazier is that it's there's no... There, this wasn't a set-up cemetery in the sense that there was, a, there was a, a fence in front of their, like... It looked dreary. It wasn't one of those places where someone would say, you know, that whole superstition about holding your breath. You literally walked up on the side of a dirt road and it was right there. And now my family was fortunate enough to afford an actual gravestone, like a really big gravestone. Like, I think it was about seven feet long. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And some people, it's a, like, which is sad. They just have like maybe like um, a piece of wood with some writing or like a, um, some sort of smaller entity there to represent someone's passing. And so being there, just all the emotion that I had beforehand was kind of wiped and I was just kind of stunned. And we prayed right next, right around my dad's grave. It was a really hard time to describe and I I do it as best as I can, but like, I'm glad I did it. And I'm going back next summer with my sister. Really? Yeah, that's the plan. So next summer, next fall, she's trying to do, um, my sister's in medical school, my younger sister. And so she's trying to do part of like her program out there. Whoa! Yeah, so I'm gonna. I said I'll, I'll hop along. I'll, I'll come around for like two weeks. So you're ready to go back? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Definitely. I want to make the trip about every five years now. So excellent. Yeah. Man. Any, any other countries in Ethiopia? Oh yet? gosh. I mean, I I have um an uncle in New Zealand. Definitely yeah. would love to go down there. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, Ghanaian uncle in New Zealand. Yeah. How did yeah. he end up in New Zealand? 
Uh, I'm not sure. I think it was because of work. But apparently he told me that he lived near where they were filming Lord of the Rings um, <laughs> trilogy. Okay, good. So, I think everybody in the whole country. But I think that's, <laughs> see, that's, that's yeah, what I Yeah, I would I definitely think. tell people it's that. It's New Zealand, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not Australia. It's not Europe. I'm, so who, who knows how close he would have been? I Maybe mean, he yeah. just said that to entice me, but <laughs> I would go anyways. Um, but yeah, I have, fam- I have family members in like Europe and um, and a few and just a few friends in South America. So I just want to hop all over. But, cool. Yeah. Prince of Petworth, you done much traveling outside of Israel and United States? Well, here's what can connect us almost all now, which reminds me of this studio. I went to American Samoa. Did you? And wow. I did a public service announcement. Cough into your arm. <coughs> and Excellent. I think it's still playing in American Samoa. <laughs> <laughs> you ride in a taxi. Oh, man, the cough into your arm guy is on again. <laughs> <laughs> the first time I was riding in a taxi, I heard it. I was like, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> Do um, you think someone remixed it by now? Oh, I hope so. That's a good idea. <laughs> right? I hope so. American Samoa. If not, we'll have to book some time for me. I can <laughs> recreate it. Whenever you want. Remixes. I mean, you can do it, do it right now. What the hell? I got a uh. script. <laughs> so how, did you, how in the world did you end up in American Samoa? So with the uh, lovely introduction, I was a consultant to Homeland Security. Mm-hmm. And I was going out to – I used to work with a lot of emergency responders – uh, you know, how do you deal with a natural disaster, a man-made disaster? But it could also just be an exercise. We worked with the sharing the information. So, for example, if something happened in Houston, you know, you can learn lessons and share that with folks in New York and California and all over. So uh, I think it was... I think it was tsunamis in uh, Guam because Guam has some, some big uh, resort hotels. And so I went to Guam to see how how they dealt with uh, evacuating hotels. And then American Samoa was really interesting because there's still a very strong tribal base. And that or maybe that was the no, no, that was also tsunami. And so how did they evacuate uh, the villages to go to, to go to the high ground? And because they they have been doing that for hundreds of years. And we're trying to capture, you know, how do they work? How do they work so well together? And are there things that we can replicate? It was an amazing. Trip. So what's the answer? How do they work so well together? Do they have some kind of American Samoan shofar that they blow or something? No. It, well, there's an oral history. There's definitely an oral history where, you know, if you see the the tide recede, Run! yeah, for real. <laughs> Three um, letters. But but what you see is strength of leadership in all of these jurisdictions. And it's not really taught, or even though people spend years and years, hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions of dollars on plans. But there's really just people, and they're great, and they know people, and they can coordinate. And, you know, when it comes to American Samoa, it's life or death, you know? Sometimes in, we're a little lazy in this, you know, because there aren't, unless you're a cop or a firefighter or, you know, for our daily lives, besides 9-11... And maybe Katrina, you know, in certain instances, there aren't too many things that affect us on a on a day to day of that scale. Yeah. On, on a day to day. And God help us if there were. <laughs> right, right. Because, I mean, this city has a hard enough time <laughs> when it rains for a minute. <sighs> the streets just turn into bedlam. I mean, no one knows mm-hmm. how to drive in this city. It, it really would scare me. I'm terrified. The idea. Yeah. I'm dead serious. I don't think I, I, I think deep people in D.C. are very too to, you know what I'm saying too calm <laughs> <laughs> but it's not just DC yeah. that's the whole it's, country 
I know, but we're like the epicenter. <laughs> <laughs> it just freaks yeah. me out. Yeah, you you look at the uh, the signs that say snow evacuation route, right. and you think, does anybody really know they're there? Yeah. And fooled for, by them, like it's really this yeah. street. And right furthermore, here? if Sixteenth Street is your only <laughs> snow right. evacuation route out, it's already bogged down with traffic. I mean, that's what I'm saying. You know, we're, yeah. We're, well, Oh, sorry to cut you off. No, no, I was just saying we're all doomed. Go on. <laughs> what was the storm? How the Prince of Petworth blog handled the storm? The crazy oh, snow, snow, snow snowpocalypse. Yeah. Snowpocalypse. Well, you, you must have been blog posting like crazy. It was crazy <laughs> because because people were were uh, stuck at home and were bored out of their minds. So there great was, for you. It was great for good me. for your <laughs> business. Dude, you must An have got insatiable a lot of appetite. I mean, you could put anything up and. Actually, what I really like about uh, the site the most, even though I appreciate your very kind words and introduction, the site is much more than me being inquisitive. It certainly helps. But, for example, during the snowstorm, people would send in videos and pictures and their own experiences. And so on, on a situation like that, you know, I'm more of the coordinator than, than the reporter or anything like that. But you can apply this to almost everything with the site, in which some of, not pointing figures, but some of traditional media, they still don't quite understand um, when it comes to my site. For example, even just uh, today, if you know somebody wanted, and it's not very profound, but somebody's looking for a softball league, the beauty of the site is that it has created such a community that you know, of course you can go on Google and, and search for softball leagues, but there's this wealth of knowledge that's out there that can be tapped so easily. And that applies to so many different things, whether or not it's somebody saying, hey, I was walking down the sidewalk and somebody looked at me and spit on the <laughs> spit on the curb. Like, does that happen to anybody? Right. You know, I mean, from that to softball leagues to, to you name it. And, you know, some people just don't get it. They say, well, why don't I, you know, you're the one who's running it. Why don't you go research this? Why don't you go interview these people? Why don't you go do this, 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 and this? I go, well, maybe if I ran the Washington Post, that's something that I would do. But the, the Prince of Petworth is more about the knowledge of the of the whole, you know? Mm-hmm. It sounds trite and goofy and ridiculous, but but it's true. No, it doesn't. I mean, why not harness the information that people who have lived in this community for however it's, long their entire lives? Just, there is no question that has been posed that has not been answered to the most obscure, you know, historical question to to uh, a bureaucracy. I, you know, I need a permit for uh, put in a new sink. You name it. What kind of stories get the most juice on your site? That's very easy. Is it? Cats. Dogs. Dogs. Dogs, dogs, really? Dogs. My animal fix. Dogs, <laughs> not the animal. The animal fix has its has its fanatics. You know, people like me who just love pets. But if you have a post like, I was walking my dog, and you know, <laughs> dot, it, dot, bit, dot. it bit my neighbor's leg, or you know, or dot, dot 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 dot. That goes crazy. That goes crazy. Car stuff, bike stuff, mm-hmm. the car. Cut off the bike rider. The bike rider. Oh, cut off the car. Oh, and, any, anything like that is is uh, is huge. You've got one side of this debate across from you here, and yep. the other side of the debate right, <laughs> right. there. Oh, here we go. We have heard this honk. Co- we. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hilarious debate. Well, it's not hilarious if you're in the midst of it, but if you are at a bird's eye view, there's 
hardly much funnier in this well, city than bikers versus drivers. The, the yeah. thing is, you you have some people who have who have their car opinion mm-hmm. about any subject whatsoever. If there's a car involved, they're just going to say the same exact thing. You have those same exact people for bicycles. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what the situation is. What they're you know pro bicycle or anti bicycle, and then you have this group in the middle. And if you can sort of wade through the, I, I, I mean, the independent there, voters. There's a lot. <laughs> Always the key. You have you have zealots. If and if you can recognize the zealots and that they're zealots, and then you say, okay, that person is a zealot. And then you find the the middle of the road person. And you say, oh, okay, you know, I never thought about it that way. I never looked at it that way. Zealots don't like bike lanes. So they don't, they don't like them. What are you talking? Oh, you mean we supersede them? Huh? You supersede you bike all in and out. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I want to taste the wind. It's like, you know, there's a system, you know I'm saying, to keep you from having to tap into your health insurance or lack thereof. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, look, buddy. Or lack thereof if you're riding a fixed bike. <laughs> a fixed exactly. gear bike. Yeah. Exactly. No, I, I have. I mean, I used to be on the bike all the time. I love. I'm always yielding, but I'm. I always <laughs> am. Yielding. But but it's like sometimes I'm like, yo. But when I get in Rock Creek Park, I told you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I have very little time. It gets more difficult. <laughs> I, I, I want to ask you about the transition to becoming a full time blogger and manager of this of this website. You guys have t- really good advertisers. You know, like some websites you go to, and it's like. Oh, President Obama wants moms to go back to college and like, you know, all this ridiculous, <laughs> ridiculous stuff. You guys actually have cool ads of things that are interesting to look at, like, you know, some block parties going on in Southeast and then stuff that's going on at uh, the Howard Theater. I mean, it's really cool when you can get paid by actual interesting advertisers. That is that is great. But I hate advertising, IT, all that side of the website. I absolutely, it drives me nuts. Like I have no technical background whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So when I first went full-time, I was doing all that stuff by myself. Mm-hmm. And I had two really nice ladies who helped me out out of basically the kindness of their hearts who did the advertising invoicing for me and cool. stuff like that. About a year, no, less than a year ago, um, I made a partnership with a firm up in New York that does all my advertisements. Ah. And so now I don't have to worry about advertising at all. Um, because like I said, I just, you know, it's funny. You, you don't think about running a website and they're like, well, okay, you ran an ad for a month. You owe me X amount of dollars. And why didn't they pay me? I got to invoice. I got to send it to accounts payable. I got to do this <laughs> and the other. I'm like, just pay me, you yeah. know? And I really, I, I don't do well in those. You know, I'm just, I don't care, you know? Right. And, and I was getting stiffed by a lot of people just because I didn't go through the, the steps necessary. So I was like. Who specifically? Voice it right now. <laughs> I never name names. That's no, <laughs> not important. Something, you got to be screwed over really bad yeah. to name names. That's it. I'm going to the media. <laughs> you guys are in for it now. <laughs> going on madcap <laughs> calling you out <laughs> no but it's it's actually quite an impressive feat to be able to you know as david ross would would advise many people to quit their jobs and go and well, follow one of their but passions. the difference is is that i didn't i mean i certainly took a risk but towards the end before i quit my job i was working like two full-time jobs so it wasn't like i had this vision where i said you know i think i'm going to start a website and it's going to be about DC's neighborhoods and, you know, it's going to be very addictive and this, that, and the other. 
I had already done it and I had already, without doing much work really on the advertising side, had tons of advertisers come to me saying, we want to advertise with you. We want to oh, advertise with you. I mean, it's that's got to feel good. Total problem you want to have. Oh, yeah. Um, so I was like, holy cow, you know, maybe I can do this on my own because, you know, I don't have an office. I don't have a staff. I don't have you like, it's just me. Not that I got intern? A, Not even an in, in, intern? I used to have interns. I had one intern mm -hmm. who was great, and then she moved to uh, Philadelphia. I had some other interns who were good for like a month, and then they burn out. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm, like, I'm like, are you sure? I'm like, are you sure you want to do this? You know, I don't <laughs> want you to do it for just a little bit and then quit. I'm, like, I'm positive. I definitely want to do it. <clears throat> no good. But I, I have been pretty lucky with um, – with a few contributors where I'll get like a historical post or a uh, real estate post or something like maybe once a week, once a month, something like that, um, that I pepper in with the other uh, posts. What was that first blog post? Great question. Oh, I, do you remember? I don't remember. No, I don't. But that's uh, I know you know it. No, I really exact don't. Words. I don't. <laughs> I, you see, when I, when I first started out, this site was obviously just about Petworth, which is actually a funny thing. Every time the site expanded, people yelled at me. When I, I, <laughs> I went from Petworth to Columbia Heights, people that. were furious. <laughs> <laughs> so, Keep the riffraff out. Like I, like I um, insulted their mother <laughs> when I started covering uh, restaurants and, and bars and stuff in, in Columbia Heights. And the same thing. when Then it was very distinct expansion from Petworth to Columbia Heights and from Columbia Heights to uh, U Street. People were pissed. I don't care about U Street. What the hell are you doing there? <laughs> I mean, and now I'm in like the Palisades and Capitol Hill and nobody cares. They're like, oh, this good. is great. Yeah. You know, yeah. This is great. But it, it was... It's a small city, it, folks. Let and, the man move around. And you, no, I mean, you, you benefit. You benefit from from all the things going on uh, from going on in the city. But um, yeah, you know, people were. You get, I got called every name in the book. Every name. Carpetbagger. <laughs> Except that. Just a, just a Yankee from Petworth come down here and make a buck. The Duke of Petworth. The Duke I, of Petworth. I was oh, recently called an imperialist, which is my favorite wow. insult. Wow. Yeah. One thing I've always wondered about, and maybe you guys brought it up before, contributors. Um, well, it's sort of like a two-part question. One, how often do you get contributors? And two, is there any method to how often you post? Because I know that's part of the game when it comes to having having a buzzy blog, website, what have you. It's a matter of you know gauging the traffic. Uh, no, it's very steady for me uh, every day. I don't really do the weekends, but during mm. the week, uh, twenty posts, twenty posts a day. Wow, twenty wow. posts a day, every wow. day. day. You but, personally or the whole group? See. It's you got to look at it in a different, uh, a different frame of mind they because like because there isn't a group and there isn't really a set of contributors in the traditional sense. I have a, a woman who's a great real estate agent who, at the request of the readers, said, you know some of these real estate posts you do, let's revisit them and see you what know happened? what it sell for us and the other. So she's terrific and she's like clockwork every week. She sends me one uh, that I post on Friday. So that's once a week. Mm -hmm. That's one out of 100. Um, there's somebody who does something on uh, history, 
which is less uh, frequent, but also terrific when it comes. But that tends to be more once a month. Those are really the contributors that I have. Occasionally, I'll get a food piece, a restaurant piece, something like this. But that doesn't mean there isn't a collaborative effort. The collaborative effort is effectively people writing me emails, whether it's a question, whether it's something of interest to them, whether it's uh, about a restaurant, a quality of life thing, whatever. That is a huge component of the site and those questions come from the entire city. Mm -hmm. So the name Prince of Petworth, you know, I started in Petworth. It just sort of rolled off the tongue. I almost changed it to Popville Mm -hmm. um, to represent uh, the greater neighborhoods. But people love the name the prince of pepper oh, you got to keep it they, yeah. Yeah, yeah no i mean oh, yeah. it's it's, i would just float the idea talking to people and, mm-hmm. and we use popville a lot right, right, uh, right in, sure. in talking about things but no the name the name people people like and i found myself going to whether it was happy hours that i threw or events that other people have and people straight up say where do you live what neighborhood do you live in? What neighborhood do you live in? <laughs> that's no, no, when I knew. I was honestly. Like, no, like without kidding around yeah, or yeah. anything like that. And I was like, okay, now they've accepted, yeah. uh, you know, the the greater the greater coverage. Um, the twenty posts a day are not all thought provoking, you know, labor intensive. I mean, I'm very interested in architecture and pets and gardening and stuff like that, where what I do is I just see something of interest to me and a lot of that uh, resonates with the readers. So they look at the city in a different way because they say, oh yeah, you know, I saw that in the Prince of Power. That's kind of cool. And then that, then they'll see a piece of stained glass and then send it to me mm-hmm. and say, oh, that's cool. And so I'll post that mm-hmm. and that will count as one. Now there's always a mix. There's always a mix of real estate, of renting, of architecture, of quality of life, of questions, of of uh, useful questions, you know, like, mm-hmm. again, dealing with D.C. bureaucracy or whatnot. There, there's a mix. You know, it's funny. Somebody else asked me this, and it's like I have a hard time explaining it. But in my head, in sort of like a weird Rain Man-y type way, I'm always, like, cycling these different things in my head. I'm always cycling geography. So if I did four posts on Columbia Heights, I know I'm not going to want to do a fifth post right away on Columbia Heights. I'm always cycling the content. So if I talked about three or four restaurants, I know I'm going to want to throw in a real estate or, or something unrelated to restaurants and bars. But but it's not like I sit down and chart it out and say, okay, it's 2.12. I need to post this. So there's going to be a... You know, I started the animal thing because I used to just do it for fun, like a contest over the summers. Like, you know, what the hell? Let's just do a coolest pet contest. Yeah, now those animals are paying your mortgage. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and, it, and it got a huge response. But but the re- but there is a reason why I do it in the afternoon because a lot of the discussions that we have, before you got here, we were saying a lot of things, I don't think so, but all of a sudden it gets into a racial argument, whether it's crime, whether it's whatever, it will go to... and. Or even if it's a bike post, it gets very heated and and really intense. And so 
even for me personally, I'm like, fuck, man, I need to look at some pets. Like, I am just right. frazzled. <laughs> exactly. like, lighten it up. My brain, yeah. exactly. So I'm like, all right. In the afternoon, I need my animal fix. God, that is so, so smart because people are at work and they're it, burned out. But it wasn't thought – like, that's what I'm trying to say. Well, it doesn't like, have to be thought out to be smart. None of this was ever thought out. It was just like – You said it was stuff that interested you. Right, right? and that's every, always been yeah. my threshold when I, from when I first started it to today. Like, when you say, you know – and other people ask, too. It's like, well, what, what – of the emails that you get, what do you publish and what do you not? Mm-hmm. And the threshold that I always use is, is it of interest to me? Am I curious with the answer? Am I interested in what this is? And people always also ask me, how many emails uh, do I get a day? I mean, I get between 50 and 100 on a on a big day. I mean, mm-hmm. some days I'll just get 20. Right. But I'm always, always getting tons, tons of uh, emails. Do you, first of all, this interview is getting more and more interesting as we keep going. I'd like <laughs> to keep you here all day. But whenever you have to leave, just let us know because we'll probably keep you here till then. Do you take like work strolls is that part of your job to Absolutely. walk around the city and check out what's going on yes that now, is awesome now this is what people when i first quit uh when i first quit my job my my government job oh man you got it made you just sleep in you work whenever you want to work i mean my my daily life is so much more regimented uh, now than it ever was interesting i'm always at the computer by 9 a.m and I basically every day am working at the computer from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. And I'll maybe take five or ten minutes for lunch. Wow. That's it. Damn. And, it, and, it's, and sometimes it's just replying to emails. Sometimes it's like making sure there's not lunatic commenters or, you know. I mean, there's a wide variety of things that go on, but I'm always sitting in front of the computer uh, doing stuff on the blog. Then... In the afternoon, that's when I make appointment. If I have an appointment or if I follow up on tips, because I get a lot of reader tips in those emails, which is great. I mean, it's like having thousands of extra sets of eyes all over the city. And so if, if it's something that requires me to go out, I will go out. But I also truly enjoy it. It's very therapeutic for me to get out on the streets and I walk everywhere. That's that's my thing. Um so, you know, I'm usually back home by six. So it's like a nine to six job. And uh, it's just every day is different. Prince of Petworth, quick question for you. I know we got to get you out of here. Is your photo anywhere on your site? And if so, mm-hmm. do you get recognized in the city? Yes. My photo is on the about page. But last winter i did a fundraiser uh with the boundary stone guys for childhood cancer where i shaved my head did you and my head is not shaved on the picture and then my wife said oh that looks good (laughs) so now i've kept it nice i keep shaving my head so i mean i guess i sort of look the same uh on the picture but longer hair sometimes uh i get recognized i used to get recognized a lot in in um Petworth, obviously, but the recognition is very different. I'd say it's very rare where sometimes people roll down the window in the car and go, hey, Prince of Petworth, a P.O.P. <laughs> that happens, you know, once every few weeks, once a month. 
And I love it. It always makes me smile. You, you throw up like a fist. Just... I go, <laughs> I go, you know, it depends. If I'm on like a huge walk and I'm and it's a hundred degrees out, I'm like, ah. um, but the the greater recognition, which happens far more frequently, um, is that you, certainly almost always when I'm on the metro, you get people just looking at you. <laughs> they just and they're like, like is that- I know that guy, but I I don't know how I know that guy. So I'm just gonna keep staring at him and you're like back and forth and back and forth. That happens a lot. So the level of recognition you get would be for like a really well known character actor. <laughs> <laughs> like, exactly. I like- know this guy from somewhere. <laughs> Yes, that is very well, uh, <laughs> very well put. Thank you. You know, we're having a great time with you. Really appreciate your time in here. Why don't Thanks before for we, me. before we we say goodbye for sure? Let's tell the people where they can find the information. Give the people the site as if they didn't already know. Give the people the email address out there, and if you're on Twitter and Facebook, plug that too. Terrific. The site is princeofpetworth.com. Petworth. It's funny the, the some people what they think that word actually is. Which actually is a town in England. Is it? Yeah. Have you been? Sometimes I get emails from the people in England. They <laughs> go, hey, what is the Prince of Pedward? <laughs> That's pretty cool. <laughs> I have not been. Um, on Twitter, back to Popville, P-O-P-Ville, okay. uh, which is also Flickr, Popville, Facebook, slash Prince of Petworth. So I'm violating some, uh, <laughs> some tenants there. I always stick with the same name, but... Um, Popville is the proper number of uh, characters. Prince of Petworth was too long for Twitter. So then I just started doing all the uh, Popville stuff. And you can email me at princeofpetworth at gmail.com. I think that people should go on the About Me section. They should take a look at your picture. And when they see you waltzing through their neighborhood, just, I'm one, just look at me. I'm one of your work strolls. No, no. They should treat you as if you were the Don in Godfather 2. <laughs> they should offer you a pomegranate. They should offer <laughs> to shine your shoes. Because they just don't know how your opinion of their neighborhood could skyrocket those uh, those housing prices and those, those, those home values. You should be treated like coming to America where they sprinkle... <laughs> But that's actually funny you say that because I've had uh, people looking for houses, real estate agents, the exact opposite. They say, oh, I hope you don't put that up there because, you know, it's going to cause a bidding war. And somebody said, said, I can't remember what it was, but that the price went up really high after that. Don't do that again. And then sometimes it's the opposite. Don't put that up there. You're going to kill the price. It's going to plummet. So you really have quite a, uh, a diverse reaction to to uh, to posts that get up there. And you're like, hey, baby, page views. Just keep them coming. <laughs> Whatever you think, yay or nay, just keep them coming. You know what? It's not all about the page views. No. I don't give a shit about the page views. Wow. That's oh. the difference. That's where you see... And, and we well, all just took us aback. Like, whoa! It, <laughs> a blogger doesn't care about page views. It's bold. <laughs> it's sincerity. Number one, I've never cared about the money because I had a job when I first started it, so I never did it for advertising. Uh, number two, the threshold that I've always used is what is of interest to me. I've never, I've never posted something about like wedding dresses. Because I could give two shits about weddings. But weddings are a big industry. A big, I mean, you know, you could get quite a few pages. Uh, you know, this is just an example. I hear you. I don't, I don't, I could care less. Now, having said that, if some, if somebody sends me a picture of, 
a dog saving a baby from a fire uh, while roller skating down the street. With Rihanna in the background. With, with, yeah, exactly. I'm going to see that and I'm going to go, this is sweet. This, this, <laughs> this, this is, is going to be a good post. So, like, yeah, I mean, I have the recognition. I, you know, I, I understand at the end of the day, it does uh, butter my bread. But I don't do the advertising. You know, it all just, it's all magical. It all just uh, happens. So if everything has been working to this point, I'm not going to fuck with that calculation because it has been working. So, you know, sometimes you get you get people with agendas on a, a wide variety of topics. And the people with agendas, they often use that as, as a barb. They go, ah, oh, you know, you only posted about Mayor Gray or, or about uh, about Kwame Brown's uh, uh, legal troubles because you want the page views. What the? No, everybody's talking about uh, Kwame Brown. Obviously, it's it's the subject people are interested in talking, but but it's funny how um, how obsessed uh, some some uh, commenters, for lack of a better word, are with uh, pages and how folks use that as a pejorative. Because I, I it just never um, it never occurred to me that there was some evil plan that uh, you just throw things out there for uh, for controversy and, and page views. It's about the people, not the page views for the Prince of Petworth. I, I, do have one, I do have one last question. Please. I mean, we've been asking you a lot of fluffy questions. I want to get like real, real with you. Hit me. Where's the best place to have sex in Petworth? Outdoors. <laughs> outdoors. If, you are, if, if she's ready and you can't make it back to the apartment back in time, what's the ideal place in the city outside for coitus? You know, this is going to freak you out a little bit. I love that he has an answer ready to this go. This is going to freak you out a little bit. <laughs> As if this has been on Parents of Petworth already. <laughs> yeah, right. There's such an obvious answer. Now, I will probably go to hell for even suggesting this. But we have actually an incredible cemetery. <laughs> oh, yes. Great it's, answer. It's, a, it's it. a historic Rock Creek Church cemetery even that is, you know, fairly isolated it has a section with a really um, famous uh, sculpture that is completely blocked off with uh, with shrubs, and s s completely so it's walled off within a walled off area. Oh um, Now there is a significant possibility that you will go to hell for having sex in that location. But, but she's but she's coming with me. But if <laughs> she go at the same time, double meaning. <laughs> yes. And I'm square. I didn't even get that one. <laughs> it wasn't intended. <laughs> okay, so cemetery, Rock Creek, Rock Creek Church. I'm there. That I'm is done. a great answer. <laughs> I know what cemetery you're talking about. It just <laughs> popped into my head. I think it's the oldest cemetery. Wow, in, uh, I've run by that a few times. You, saw, you, you drove by and you saw the Prince of Petworth just scurrying. Yeah. <laughs> Had an extra hop tonight. Yeah. <laughs> oh man! Well, Prince of Petworth, aka Daniel Silverman, Damn. thank you so much for joining us here on Madcap DC. We really appreciate it, and we love what you do. Well, thank thank you very much for having me. It was great to uh, meet everybody, and pleasure. had a great time. The great John Asante. Thanks very much for being with us, my friend. Hey, anytime. Hope to have you back on again sometime. Definitely. To close us out, to family and friends. This is David Ross at Madcap DC. And Dan Bloom. Peace.
generation.